Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul test again, Lord Jesus. My soul thirst to know you better and better. Ancient of days, I come into your presence again this morning to say thank you. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the gift of your mercies that is poured out again this morning. Thank you for the gift of grace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the gift of your love, Father. Thank you for giving us Jesus. Thank you for paying the price for our sins. Lord, it is all about you. We give you all the praise this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for every single gift, for the blessing of a new day. We say thank you. For the breath in our nostrils, we say thank you. Lord, for family members, we say thank you. Be glorified forevermore. Indeed, Lord, you are Jehovah Jireh. Lord, you supply every need. You are Jehovah Roy, the Lord, our shepherd that watches over our souls. Thank you, Lord, because you are the one who fights our battles. Lord, many battles we know nothing of, but Lord, you fight them all the same. Be glorified in the name of Jesus. As we spend this time in your presence, reading your word, Father, we ask, speak to us once again and cause your name to be glorified in our lives once again. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Morphe Eyenike. We continue reading the book of Romans. Yesterday, we stopped on verse 20 chapter 3 verse 20 and today we would go up to chapter 6 okay promises to be interesting i'm sure you learned something yesterday romans chapter 3 verse 19 and 20 is the reason why christianity is different from every other religion every other faith that you know okay um whether it's hinduism buddhism whether it's islam whatever okay religion you have tells you that you have to get to some level some height you have to measure up you have to continue to do good and become enlightened and all that um, but Christianity settles the matter right from the beginning. Eh? Our good will never be will never be sufficient. Yes, we are declared guilty already. Okay, so uh, in fact, I think it was the prophet Isaiah that puts it this way: that all of our righteousness are like filthy rags before God. <laughs> Every attempt at righteousness is filthy before him. It will not 
it will not work. So the law cannot cannot justify us trying to attain it through the law, through something. I do this, I do this, but God, I do this, will not be good enough. In fact, if you were to stand before God and you were going to start mentioning your good deeds, you are disqualified already. Okay? Actually, what you should say immediately is, Lord, have mercy on me. I claim the sacrifice of Jesus. And I'm telling you, you pass. All right, so let's read from verse 20, verse 20, Romans chapter 3, verse 20. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. The law shows us how sinful we are. Next, Christ took our punishment, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. Did you see that? He has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses hmm. and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who, uh, who we are. Did you see that? We are made right with God. See, you see, these verses say, I could laminate them. Eh? and put them up and just meditate on them for hours. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. Eh? And this is true eh? for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Everyone eh, is guilty. All our righteousness, filthy, everyone has sinned. Okay, not it will. It has nothing to even do with your actions. It's it's the sin of Adam right from the beginning that makes all of us guilty. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in His grace, freely makes us right in His sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins he freed us from the penalties of our sins so when we stand before god the truth is you will be guilty the devil and the devil will will demand will charge he is guilty she is guilty she did this he did this, 19 this, he did this, 2000 and this, he did this. In fact, there was one day, in one single day, he committed over a thousand sins. He did that and that and that and that and that and that. And sincerely, you will be guilty. Guilty as charged. However, <laughs> God has made a way so that in Christ Jesus, he has freed us. From the penalties of our sins. 25. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. Eh? We are made right. And that's why when you lead people in the, in the sinner's prayers, this part is very important. 
people are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and included them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is for he, he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Can we boast then that we have that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, uh, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. We are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. Did you see that? We are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. After all, is God the God of the Jews only? Isn't he also the God of the Gentiles? Of course he is. There is only one God and he makes people right with himself only by faith, whether they are Jews or Gentiles. Well, well then, if we emphasize faith, does this mean that we can forget about the law? Of course not. In fact, only when we have faith do we truly fulfill the law. Hmm? Only when we have faith do we truly fulfill the law. And you will see, the purpose of the law is to show us how truly, utterly useless our efforts are. Okay? Because we will continue to sin. If that is true, then turn to God. Let's move on to chapter 4, the faith of Abraham. Abraham was, was, humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation. What did he discover about uh, being made right with God? If his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about. But that was not God's way. For the scripture tells us, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. It was because of his faith that Abraham was counted as righteous. Verse 4, when people walk, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. I read that again, but people are counted as righteous not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. David also spoke of this. Uh, David also spoke of this when he described the happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it. Verse 7, oh, that, oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those, for those whose record the Lord has cleared, has cleared of sin. Psalm 32, verse 1 and 2. Now, is this blessing only for the Jews, or is it also for uncircumcised Gentiles? Well, we have been saying that Abraham was counted as righteous by God because of his faith. 
But how did this happen? Was he counted as righteous only after he was circumcised? Or was it before he was circumcised? Please, follow Paul's argument and logic. Because what Paul is doing here is giving you logic. Hmm? Logical argument and conclusion. You will see that Abraham himself was counted as righteous. Not because he was following some laws. Okay? The following of the law was a confirmation that he had put his faith in God. He says, verse 10, let's take verse 10 again. But how did this happen? Was he counted as righteous only after he was circumcised? Or was it before he was circumcised? Clearly, God accepted Abraham before he was circumcised. Circumcision was a sign that Abraham already had faith and that God had already accepted him and declared him to be righteous even before he was circumcised. So Abraham is the spiritual father of those who have faith but have not been circumcised. They are counted as righteous because of their faith. So what Paul is arguing here is, is, so, is so huge. Paul is saying, look, I am not saying that we don't keep the law, but I am saying that keeping the law must come from having a faith in Jesus because that was what Abraham did, having a faith in God. It was his faith in God that expressed itself as in keeping the law or doing what God said, okay? So, but if you are trying to keep the law so that through them you will be justified before God, or, or you will be made right with God, you would not you would not qualify. You are likely to fail. Hallelujah. So Paul says that Abraham is the spiritual father of those who have faith but have not been circumcised. Okay? They are not keeping the law, but they have faith in God. They are counted as righteous because of their faith. Hmm, very important. In other words, we don't have to become Jews to have faith in God. In fact, Abraham had faith in God before, in quotes, you want to call him a Jew because the circumcision was the sign that showed that you were a Jew. Okay? So 12 says, and Abraham is also the spiritual father of those who have been circumcised, but only if they have the same kind of faith Abraham had before he was circumcised. You understand the logic right now? <laughs> so you can't just say, I will do the law. I will be circumcised. But I don't have faith in God. Then you are you, you have not done anything. Because Abraham's circumcision was a result of his faith. He had faith in God and then he was circumcised. So there will be some people who will have faith in God before they are circumcised. Uh, but if you Say, for example, you are born into, into the nation of Israel. So, of course, circumcision will come naturally. You will be circumcised on the seventh day, and that's fine. But you must find your faith in God. That's Paul's logic. Clearly, 13, God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. If God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary 
and the promise is pointless. Yes, for the law always brings punishment on those who try to obey it. The only way to avoid breaking the law is to have no law to break. Simple as ABC. As long as there is the law, you are bound to break it. So the promise, in fact, you think you are doing, there are things that you you are not doing and in, in its sense, you are actually breaking the law, even though you don't know you are supposed to do them. And you will have no excuse. So the only escape, okay, is for there to be no law to break at all. 16, so the promise is, the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift and we are all certain to receive it, whether, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham, for faith for Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scripture means when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Hallelujah. 18. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken. Even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never, never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced. Abraham was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as, as righteous. This is what we need to do. Trusting that God is able to do what he says he will do in Christ Jesus. We put all our faith in him. Eh? And I'm telling you, he has never failed before. And he's not going to fail now. Hallelujah. 23 says, 22, God counted him as righteous. 23, and when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefits, our benefits too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous. If we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, he was handed over to die because of our sins and he was raised to life to make us right with God. Wow! Jesus, he was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. The fact that Jesus was raised to life is evident, evident that we have been made right with God. There is no condemnation for us. Hallelujah! All right, let's move on to our next chapter, Romans chapter 5. Like I said, I want us to get to chapter 6, to chapter 6 today. Faith brings joy. That's the title of Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Did you hear that? Since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, 
we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Hallelujah. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Hmm. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, uh, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Did you see that? Christ died for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right to God, made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ Jesus, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. See, if you can meditate on the book of Romans, eh, you will have what I call the assurance of salvation. The assurance that you are saved. Let me read verse 8 again and 9. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by, by the death of his son, um, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Yeah, made us friends of God. Now let's read about Adam and Christ. You know, Paul contrasts them from verse 12. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. When Adam sinned, mankind sinned. 13. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given. Hmm? Even before the law. The law was given through Moses. People sinned even before the law was given. Cain killed Abel. People sinned even before the law was given. But it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Do you see how the justice of God work, works, right? Still, everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God as Adam did. Hmm? Now, Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who was yet to come. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift for the, for the, 
and God's gracious gifts for the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's, is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation. But God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. Hallelujah. Hi, Paul. Hi, Jesus. So, I'm telling you, it's difficult. I find it very difficult to read to read the book of Romans, as in just read through. Because you can't but want to to steal and meditate in some of the things that Paul is saying. Read again, read 16 again now. It says, and the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation. But God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. Eh? So when you get to heaven, eh, you will see a lot of sinners there. <laughs> ah, many Christians will be shocked in heaven. They will be shocked. They will see sinners there. And they will be like, God, how did this one get here? Yes, our righteous deeds is not what qualifies us. Hmm? No, it is not what qualifies us. It is God's free gifts that leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. So when you get to heaven, in your own eyes, you will meet many people guilty of many sins. Eh? But they will still be right in God's sight because they accepted Jesus' sacrifice for them. Hi! 17. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live, for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Verse 18. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life. To ev- for everyone, because one person diso- because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. So, if the first one is correct, the second one is correct. Twenty twenty. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they are. That's the purpose of the law, so that all people could see how sinful they are but as people sinned more and more God's wonderful grace became more abundant so just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death now God's wonderful grace rules instead giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. Hi. I am so blessed. I'm so blessed this morning. All right, let's read Romans chapter 6, 
sin's power is broken not just in this world but in the world to come when you stand before god sin's power will be broken because of what jesus did for you on the cross of calvary well then should we keep on sinning because this was what they attacked for paul what they attacked paul for paul this message of grace that you are preaching hey is going to make people to be sinning oh just just sinning however they like because now since it is clear that our our actions and obeying the law is not what qualifies us then people will do whatever they like Paul says you don't understand the grace of God. Let's read. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? The the word on the line is to live in it. It does not mean we do not we do not sin. We would not make mistakes, but we do not live in sin because we sin does not have dominion over us. Three, or have you forgotten that when we were joined with with G, with joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father. Now we also may may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as, as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves of sin. Did you see that? We are no longer slaves of sin. I am not a slave of sin, no. Yes. If I ever sin, um, it's a mistake. Or I am led astray. But I cannot live in sin. Sin cannot have dominion over me. 7. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourself, yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. That's the word. Control is the is a key word. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give do not give in to sinful desires. Why? Because it does not have any dominion over you anymore. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your old body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom, the freedom of God's grace. In other words, you have a new master. Your master is now God. Your master is now Christ Jesus. Eh? 
Hallelujah. 15 says, well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin. You can be a slave to sin which leads to death. Or you can choose to obey God because God is now your master, which leads to righteous living. Thank God. Once you were slaves to sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. 18. Now you are free from your slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you let yourself be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. Now, you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. 20. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> we are now slaves of God. We are now, see, our allegiance, the one we are so now supposed to obey is God. He said, but now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and results in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. I am so, so, so blessed with that. Yes, the free gift of God. The free gift of God is eternal life. Through Christ Jesus. Father, we say thank you again this morning. Thank you for the free gift of righteousness. Lord, thank you for making us your home, for making us slaves of righteous living. We pray from today, help us to keep ourselves only for you. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.